You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here are your hosts, Matt Peck and Big Dave Watson. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my co-host, Big Dave Watson at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports, and you can follow us at Locked On Bulls. Shoot us an email, LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. And of course, that text and voicemail line is always there for you, our fellow Bulls fans. 331-979-1369. Today's episode, just want to kick things off by reminding you all that the NBA draft is right around the corner. So be sure to check out the Locked On Network's live NBA draft show. NBA draft goat Chad Ford, Locked On NBA draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today to watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Well, happy Friday, everybody. Hope y'all are looking forward to the weekend. And um, we got to kick things off with some good news. We'll touch on the latest from Olympian slash Bulls All-Star Zach Levine. Uh, Got some good news after a quick scare there. And then I'll uh, give a couple of thoughts on my reaction to the Bucks clinching the NBA title, ending that franchise's long-running championship drought, what it means for Giannis, what it potentially means for the Bulls, and a look at really the... Outside of Giannis, the big story of these NBA Finals, which was two veteran point guards doing everything they could to help their team win, and how that might tie into what the Bulls' plans are in their own point guard search this offseason, which, by the way, free agency now, suddenly right around the corner the beginning of August. We've got, what, 10 days until NBA free agency starts. So all that's ahead. Let's start, though, with the good news. So earlier this week, we got a tweet uh, from a few different NBA reporters saying that Zach Levine had been placed in the health and safety protocols and was not traveling with the USA basketball team to Tokyo to get ready for their uh, the beginning of their Olympic competition. They said that it was out of, quote, an abundance of caution that he was being held out and placed into health and safety protocols and that they were hopeful that he could rejoin the team in a matter of days. Fortunately, that turned out to be the case, as then we got um, shortly after the Bucks clinched the championship on Tuesday night, confirmation that Zach had cleared those health and safety protocols and was planning to join up with the team later in the week. A few more details since then. The Team USA head coach Greg Popovich said in his first meeting with the media upon arriving in Tokyo, that Zach would be joining the team on Thursday, and the plan was for Zach to practice with his Team USA teammates on Friday. So hopefully that all goes according to plan, and Zach is, as uh, something Greg Popovich also said, available to play in Team USA's first game, which is against France on Sunday. So there is uh, a, a generous span of days there for Zach to arrive in Tokyo, reconnect with the team, get acclimated, hopefully get a practice, uh, you know, and a shoot around in before their first game on Sunday. Um, Obviously, this is great news. Bulls fans should be happy. 
about this because it would have been a really sour twist of fate after everything that Zach has been through, after everything that this this Bulls team and this fan base has been through. Seeing Zach participate in these Olympic Games was certainly going to be um, uh, something to look forward to, something that this fan base could be proud of, that we have a, a, a member of the Chicago Bulls representing our country playing in the Olympic Games after such a tough season and a long off season. And for, a, you know, for about a 48 hour span, fearing that that was going to be taken away from us, taken away from Zach, it was really hard to swallow, uh, especially considering that he, you know, he missed 11 games down the stretch for the Bulls as he, you know, could do nothing but watch as the Bulls playoff chances evaporated while he was in health and safety protocols because he registered a positive COVID test. Uh, and, and that was a day before he was supposed to get his second dose of a two-shot vaccine. So just really unfortunate that that happened to Zach at the back end of the Bulls season. And man, whatever it was that that caused this brief scare, fortunately turned out to be only that, just a brief scare. The, the fact that they said out of an abundance of caution leads us to believe that it was one of a few different possibilities. He could have been held out because of some far-reaching contact tracing situation that maybe somebody in a circle of a further circle of a bigger circle, you know, ha- had registered a positive test that somehow found its way back to Zach Levine, you know, Kevin Bacon style. Then there are a couple other possibilities of he registered a false positive while these Team USA players are likely being tested every day, just like NBA players were being tested every day this past season. Or it was a test that wasn't a false positive, but just an inconclusive test, which, of course, is something that happens sometimes when these guys are getting tested pretty much every day. All of these tests, sometimes they come back not negative, not positive, but inconclusive. And so maybe that's all it was, uh, a false positive or an inconclusive test. Um especially considering the fact that that Zach did already have COVID-19 um, and has now had the antibodies and has received the vaccine, it seemed very, very unlikely that he had somehow contracted it a second time. Um, so that's the good news, a huge sigh of relief. And then the, the next question becomes, okay, assuming Zach is ready to go and he gets in a couple of practices and he is available for their first game against France on Sunday, What's his playing time going to be like? Assuming he feels fine, which I assume is the case. We haven't heard anything otherwise. Is he going to continue to start after the Bradley Beal exit? Uh, You know, Jason Tatum has been dealing with a nagging injury. And Zach Levine looked pretty effective for this Team USA squad in exhibition wins. They they started Zach Levine and they won those exhibition games as opposed to the games he did not start, they lost. Now, I'm not saying that is the only factor in why Team USA lost their cup, first couple of exhibition games and then managed to win a couple, but what did Greg Popovich decide to do? And then you bring in Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton, uh, the three members of the NBA Finals, Booker from Phoenix, Holiday, and Middleton from Milwaukee who are going to be joining the team now after, you know, Booker dealing with a devastating loss in the NBA Finals after blowing a 2-0 series lead. And Middleton and Holiday 
equally as exhausted as Booker and then some because after the finals concluded, you know, Friday, I'm recording this Thursday, but, you know, Friday, today, there's a, a parade going on, I think, or maybe, maybe it was actually, maybe it's today, Thursday, in Milwaukee, championship parade. They've been partying for the last, you know, 36 hours, and then they're going to go get on a plane to Tokyo to join Team USA. Now, theoretically, you could make an argument that Booker, Holiday, and Middleton – should all be at, you know, on an even par or ahead of Zach Levine and Greg Popovich's rotation, if you're just based on what this squad needs and and their skill level. But Zach's been with this team, and unlike these guys who just finished a deep, deep playoff run and a six-game final series, and the two of the three, a giant party after that, Zach Levine has fresh legs. And you've been even able to tell in some of these exhibition games compared to some of his Team USA teammates who had not quite as long of a playoff run, but were in the playoffs while Zach was not. And he said in that interview that he did with Rob Schaefer last week that in that time in between, bull season ends before he reports to Team USA, he was just relaxing and recuperating back home in Seattle, not doing a whole lot of anything, just getting getting his win back, getting his legs back. Um, after after a long grinding NBA season. So Zach's fresh. Booker, Holiday, and Middleton are not. I personally would love to see Zach continue to get that starting spot for this Team USA um, ahead of those three guys who will be arriving late from the NBA Finals. We'll see what Greg Popovich decides to do. But to me, the way that Zach's looked in those exhibition games, he looks fresh. He's engaged on the defensive end. Uh, you know, he is, of course, a scoring threat on the offensive end. Start Zach and, and, and ease those guys in who are arriving late from the finals. We'll see We'll see what Greg Popovich decides to do with his starting lineup and his rotation in that first game against France on Sunday. But obviously, <laughs> put, my, put my name in the column of people who think that Zach Levine should get that start in their first game in group play. More ahead, I uh, want to give you all my reaction to finals MVP Giannis and the Bucs uh, and then also talk about the veteran point guards of these NBA uh, NBA finals. First, though, uh, I want to tell you all about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball full swing, whether in a north sider or a south sider here in Chicago, you can track all Cubs, White Sox, whoever your team is in Major League Baseball. Track all that action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs: Major League Baseball, even UFC and MMA action, and the NFL season is right around the corner, too. We've got preseason NFL games starting in just a couple of weeks. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online or on your laptop or mobile device to check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game and in on the action. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. So go to Bet Online. Create an account, put a hundred bucks in that account, and if you use promo code locked on and sign up, they're going to give you an extra fifty dollars in your bet online account to play with. A great deal and a great opportunity to get involved and start earning some money because you're watching all these sporting events. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Again, that's promo code locked on. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed these NBA finals as much as I did. Um, there was a lot of talk leading up to this about, oh, nobody wants to watch Milwaukee and Phoenix. 
you know, two small market teams. There's no LeBron. There's no Steph Curry. Uh, you know, Clips didn't even make it. Yada, yada, yada. If you're a fan of basketball, you enjoyed these finals. Um, and if you're also a fan of perhaps a, an, a different era, a, a past era of NBA basketball, you, like like me, you really enjoyed these finals. Because it wasn't just a three-point contest. Uh, and, and yes, the, the, the Phoenix Suns, when they looked like they had seized control of this series, were it was a three-point barrage. Um, but that was not the entire story of this series. And the series swung in Milwaukee's favor when Milwaukee made a couple of defensive adjustments and took away some of those easy threes and forced Phoenix to, you know, Devin Booker, you can drop 40 on us, but Jay Crowder, take those threes. We don't think you're going to hit all of them. Uh, you know, Bridges, take those threes. We don't think you're going to hit all of them. CP3, take those threes. We don't think you're going to hit all of them. And it was Giannis, the most dominant interior offensive performance we've seen in the finals since Shaquille O'Neal in 2001. That was the main story of these NBA finals. And Giannis, look, he got some timely help from Holiday, from Middleton, and from not so unsung, but very much so sung hero, our old friend Bobby Portis. Uh, who had 16 points in the series clinching game six. Chris Middleton had perhaps the dagger shot, you know, the uh, coming around the screen, uh, a tough, deep mid-range pull-up shot that was well-contested, like seemingly every Chris Middleton shot that he took in these NBA finals. Tough contested shot, and he drained it and gave the Bucks that separation uh, late in this game. And Drew Holiday, a rough shooting night once again in Game Six. He's had rough shooting nights throughout this Bucks postseason championship run, but his effort on the defensive end is definitely one of the things that turned to the tide in this series. Um, and, and credit to to Budenholzer for making a, a pretty uh, ballsy decision to say, okay, for the last couple of games of this series, Drew Holiday, you are the blanket on Devin Booker. Because, you know, there was a lot of Holiday on CP3. And then it very much so switched where Holiday was just following Booker around and, and making things very difficult for Booker. Because, you know, B Booker had 40-point games in, in two Suns' losses. And I think Budenholzer realized, hey, like, this this kid is, is the biggest threat to beat us. If there's one player who could beat us by himself, it's Devin Booker. Because he almost did it a couple of times. So let's eliminate that opportunity and eliminate that possibility. If if Jay Crowder and Mikhail Bridges are going to rain threes, if, if Aiton is suddenly going to come out of his shell where he has seemed to be too small for this too big of a moment, then, then we can make our peace with that. If Chris Paul has an amazing performance, turn back the clock performance like he had in game one of these NBA finals, despite the fact that, you know, maybe he's hobbled with the wrist injury or whatever else it was, maybe he's got a bad shoulder, we can live with that. We won't let Devin Booker beat us. So, Drew Holiday, your job, go follow Devin Booker around. And, and he did. I mean, he blanketed Devin Booker. Devin Booker did not have a very strong game in game six. So, you know, credit to all of those key pieces that led Milwaukee to this title. Middleton, Holiday, Bobby Portis. E e even Brooke Lopez had some big buckets and some big moments in this game. 
Um, and, and you know, between him and Giannis and, and and Bobby, the other big story as far as like not individuals but like team schematics, the Bucks won this because of size. Um, you know, I, as soon as Phoenix stopped making all those threes, the, the Bucks had pretty much every advantage. They they had advantage on the boards, certainly on the offensive glass. You know, they got to the free throw line more. Um, it, it was a bigger team, uh, and Milwaukee size won out, which isn't necessarily something that happens as much as it used to in, in, in this NBA compared to the old days, in the days of Shaq. But all of the credit has to first be focused on Giannis. I mean, 50 points in a series clincher, in a title clincher, 50, 10, and 5. First person to ever have that stat line in an NBA Finals game since they started recording blocks in the early to mid-70s as far as NBA stats. 17 of 19 from the free throw line. That was the other really cool part of that story being finished that way, where whether it was Atlanta or whether it was Brooklyn, you know, these, these fans that were hounding Giannis and counting to 10 and, you know, everybody's making fun of Giannis and he can't close because he can't make his free throws late in the game. And uh, you know, everybody was obsessed with the Giannis and the free throws. And he did have his issues like in, in game five, that was a close game that the Bucks did manage to win. He missed a couple of late free throws. I think he went 0 for 2 on a trip to the line late in the game. And he also missed a free throw for the and one after his amazing alley-oop dunk after the holiday steal. So it was a story even coming into game six. If this game is close, can Giannis make his free throws? 17 of 19. And, and you know... Absolutely, as he should have. Giannis bragged about it at the podium after the game while he was holding the Larry O'Brien and the Finals MVP trophy. But the way that he just dominated inside and said, DeAndre Ayton, you can't guard me. Ayton really is the only big, the the, the usable big that Monty Williams had at this point in the series. Obviously, the, the Sarich injury was a big hurt, big hit to them, um, and, and they missed his presence. But you even saw the desperate Monty Williams turn to Frank Kaminsky for a non-trivial amount of minutes. And for a couple minutes there, everybody was having a good chuckle because Kaminsky managed to make a few baskets on the offensive end for, for Phoenix to say, oh my God, it's the Frank Kaminsky game. No, it was not the Frank Kaminsky game. And it certainly was not the DeAndre Ayton game. And it was not the DeAndre Ayton series. It was the Giannis series. The dude just dominated at will in the interior. Um, you know, his spin moves to the bucket, drawing the fouls, and not only drawing those fouls if he couldn't convert, around the basket, but making those free throws. Incredible stuff. Absolutely incredible stuff from Giannis Antetokounmpo, who it, it's impossible not to root for this guy. It's impossible not to like this guy. If you guys know me, you listen to this podcast, you know, maybe maybe you, you listen to me and my guy Big Dave do Bears games for Hot Mike, you know that I am Chicago through and through and that I pretty much just hate any team from Wisconsin. Whether it's Wisconsin college football, the Brewers, you know I hate the Packers. That there is no team on the planet I hate more than the Green Bay Packers. I have never really had that deep, deep-seated hate in my heart for the Milwaukee Bucks. When I was a kid watching the Bulls dynasty of the '90s, the Bucks weren't really a threat. Um, they were never really that good, and. You know, even in the the Derrick Rose Joe Keem years when the Bulls were good again, the Bucks 
not really a threat, not really good. There was, you know, that one series at the tail end of that, that Bulls run of Tibbs, Derek, and Joaquin in 2015, first round, Bulls, Bucks. The Bulls win that series, and we got, you know, our, our first look at playoff Giannis back when he was still very much younger, very much scrawnier. There was that crazy moment where Giannis, like, tackled Mike Dunleavy after Dunleavy hit a three, and everybody was like, what? Who is this kid, and why did he just try and kill Mike Dunleavy? But so, like, that that was just barely an overlap of Giannis's ascension and that most recent competitive Bulls team ending. So the Bulls-Bucks rivalry hasn't really been a thing. Back in the day, it, you know, the, the the Bucks old stadium is United Center North. Just like, you know, sometimes they refer to Mill Park as Wrigley North. Like, the, the little brother, the stepbrother, that is how Milwaukee Bucks basketball has always been thought of here in Chicago compared to our Bulls. Well... That that script has absolutely unquestionably flipped. And I don't really mind. Like, yes, obviously, I want the Bulls to be the team that's winning the Central Division every year. And I want us to go back to being the team that beats up on the Bucks as opposed to vice versa. But the way that team was built, the the story of Giannis's life and his path and his journey to the NBA, and the way he's handled himself since becoming a star and a household name in this league, not one single misstep. And all of the things you heard him say in his comments after winning that title on Tuesday night reaffirmed that. Talking about the super teams, talking about wanting to stay, and his stubbornness saying, no, I, I'm going to stay here. And I might do it the hard way, but I'm going to do it the right way. And that is winning for the team that drafted me, for the city that's always stood behind me, who's rallied around me so of course it was no question to him while Bulls fans and you know fans from other fan bases the the Mavericks the Heat this team and that team Giannis is free agency Giannis is free agency what's he gonna do can we find a way to get him and Giannis told all of us basically y'all are wasting your time and you're wasting your breath because I was gonna re-sign here in Milwaukee the whole time because I needed to win a championship for this team you, you can't not respect that, and you can't not admire that. So now, of course, the the devil in me as a Bulls fan is thinking, okay, well, he delivered that title to Milwaukee. Do you want to play the rest of his career there? This dude's 26. Giannis is 26 years old, two-time MVP, defensive player of the year, finals MVP, only, only player in league history alongside MJ and Olajuwon to have those, two uh, those three accomplishments accomplishments on his resume at the time he was 26 this dude's still just now entering his prime which is insane to think about this is unquestionably Giannis's league now he is the man he is the king this is his league how much of that supermax contract does he want to spend in Milwaukee now that he has fulfilled that promise of delivering them a championship does he just want to spend his entire career there does he want to be the next Tim Duncan, the next Dirk, the next Kobe? I'm going to play my entire career for one franchise because those guys are fewer and fewer far between. Like I, those three, those are the three that you think of who have actually done that recently. Duncan, Dirk, and Kobe. And they are all now kind of past tense, not present tense. Dirk most recently retiring. But they've all been kind of done for a while now. And today's superstars, 
the LeBrons, the Hardens, the KDs. Okay, Steph. I guess you could add Steph to that list. Steph will probably be a warrior for life. Dame Lillard in Portland? More and more so by the day, it's looking like he is not going to end his career in that category of one franchise players. But will Giannis? I'm happy for him, and I'm honestly happy for Bucks fans. I want him. I, w- I want Giannis in a Bulls jersey. If if you don't want Giannis in a Bulls jersey, I don't I don't know what you're thinking. After watching him win a title for that franchise on Tuesday night, I I don't know yet if it's more likely or less likely that Giannis will leave Milwaukee. I I don't know. There's still a lot of Giannis' career left, and and honestly, you know, the the main takeaway for me is I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to watch the rest of Giannis' career, regardless of if he's in a Bucks jersey or a Bulls jersey or some other jersey. Because if you don't enjoy watching that dude play basketball, then you don't enjoy basketball. Dominance. Sheer dominance from a person who is one of the most high-character guys in the league right now. So, kudos to him. I've made my peace with it. Congratulations to the Bucks. Let's never speak of this Wisconsin championship ever again. Unless we're talking about Giannis's legacy, but nonetheless, fun, fun finals to watch. Fun, fun finals. Speaking of which, um, want to touch on one more thing as far as these NBA finals and some of its big names, um, and what it might have to do with the Bulls' offseason search for a point guard. First, though, a quick break to tell you all that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know Built Bar has so many delicious flavors that there's something for everyone? If you are a chocolate fiend, check out flavors like mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you like a little bit of fruit in your protein bar, um, in your candy bars, try raspberry, try cherry barcia, try strawberry, try orange. There's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all these flavors, you can get a mixed box from Built.com to get two of each of their nine OG and always available flavors. Plus, you got to try out some of their uh, rotating flavors that they bring in and out. Most recently, they have the Grasshopper Bar that basically tasted like a thin mint cookie. It was delicious. Can't wait to see what their next rotating flavor, limited time flavor is. But in the meantime, all of those OG flavors that are always available, they're not just delicious, but they're healthy for you too. All of those OG flavors have either 17 or 18 grams of protein, but only 130 to 180 calories, just four or five grams of sugar and four or five grams of net carbs. Did you also know that Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team that's about to start competing in Tokyo in these 2020 Olympics? If it's good enough protein bar for Olympians, it's probably good enough for you as well. And take my word for it, I've been eating Built Bars for a while now. As long as they've been a sponsor of the show, I'm eating Built Bars regularly. They're delicious. They're good for you. Can't recommend them enough. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15 at Built.com. All right, y'all. So last thing I wanted to touch on today, and then I will send y'all into your merry weekend, is that... um, we saw two veteran point guards play pivotal roles in these NBA finals. Mike, Mike Conley. We'll get to that in a second. Drew Holiday and Chris Paul. Now, the Bucks shelled out a lot to get Drew Holiday. And some say it was 
um, part of the attempt to convince Giannis to stay. This is what we're willing to do. This is how far we're willing to go to bring you the right piece that you need to help you win a championship. Um, and, and whether or not there was a severe risk and fear from the Bucks ownership and management of, of Giannis walking seems lessened based on what we've heard over the last 48 hours. But even still, they shelled out five picks, five picks for Drew Holiday. And a lot of people thought, my dear God, like Drew Holiday's good, but he's not worth five picks. Is he? Is the fact that the the Milwaukee Bucks just broke their championship drought of a half a century say otherwise? Drew Holiday's incredible lockdown defense on Devin Booker, on Chris Paul, on whoever needed to be locked down and not just in the finals, but in their entire postseason run, tell you otherwise? People like to, to you know, knock him for his inconsistency on the offensive end through this postseason run. Okay, fine. He also had some great offensive games, but every single night he was bringing on the defensive end. And he took some of that ball handling pressure off of Giannis, some of that playmaking and creating pressure off of Giannis because Holiday was racking up double-digit assist games pretty much every other night in these NBA in, in this championship run for, for Milwaukee. So the question of wow, was giving up five picks too much to bring in Drew Holiday? No. Simple answer, quick answer, no. They have the chip because Drew Holiday. Obviously, first and foremost, because Giannis, the biggest and best superstar in the league right now, hands down. Do they have that chip without Drew Holiday? Absolutely not. So, obviously, you think, you know, don't bother talking about Milwaukee when you're talking about not only the Bulls, but other teams out there in the NBA looking for a point guard to come in and be the Drew Holiday or be the Chris Paul for a team that needs that veteran point guard. They're going to run it back. Giannis, Holiday, Middleton. We'll see if P.J. Tucker sticks around, but that they're running it back. Um, and they and they should. A, they absolutely should. And, you know, what about Chris Paul, Right. Obviously, uh, a dejected and frustrated and short-answered CP3 at the podium after Game 6. Had a couple of great games to start. Uh, and then you know maybe was playing through some kind of wrist or hand injury. Certainly did not look great um, in some of those games. You know, a, a lot of people will look at Game 4 in particular. Uh, you know, late game turnover. Several turnovers in that game. Struggled in Game 5 as well. Had a pretty darn good Game 6. Um, and I think especially that, that CP three second quarter allowed the, the Suns to, to overcome that hot, not hot start, the start to game six for both teams was ugly, but come back from a double digit deficit that Milwaukee had built up that lead because CP three kept them in it in the second quarter. And, and he also made some big plays late to try and keep him in it, keep him in it. But what, I mean, does CP three just want to run it back with this Phoenix team? They've got Booker, they've got Aiton, they've got Bridges, like they've got this same core. It won't be as easy this time, 21-22, for Phoenix in the Western Conference. Assuming healthy, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Nuggets. I mean, you can't deny the fact that they got some breaks here and there. You know, they, they, faced, a Clip, uh, they faced a Lakers team in round one that 
was dealing with a hurt AD and a, you know, on again, off again, LeBron got a little bit lucky on that. A Jamal Murray-less Denver Nuggets team got a little bit lucky there too. And then a Kawhi-less Clippers team. It's going to be harder for the Suns to get all the way back to the finals again next year. But does Chris Paul still see it as his best shot to get back to the finals in year 17 after getting so close, finally getting to the finals and falling short again? Does he see running it back with this Phoenix team as his best shot? Maybe he does. Maybe he just signs a one-year deal. Maybe he signs a two- or three-year deal, tries to make a little bit more money um, at the you know back-back end of his career. We'll see. We'll see what Phoenix wants to do. You got to imagine that they very much valued how well he played for them all of this season. Um, the the bigger question, though, whether it's how valuable is Holiday to, to Milwaukee, how valuable is CP3 to the Phoenix Suns, is will there be a trend this offseason among all 30 NBA teams to say, that's what we need? The two teams that made it to the finals – both made a move to bring in a veteran point guard. Drew Holiday, Chris Paul. And look, the 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 Phoenix Suns, maybe they anticipated Chris Paul having that big of an impact on their team. Maybe they didn't. But he didn't come cheap. Drew Holiday certainly did not come cheap for Milwaukee. But in a case of the NBA being a, a copycat league, Look, it worked. Spend big on a veteran point guard who will come up big for you down the stretch in playoff games. Get whatever it takes to get one, go get one. Will that make it more difficult for Arturis and Eversley and the Bulls to find their guy this offseason? Will it make Arturis and Eversley more willing to spend big, to pay big? for a veteran star caliber point guard as opposed to settling for Alonzo or settling for a whoever else. Because there are a few other names. You know, Dame, Big Dave and I have talked about it. I don't think it's likely. And Dame is more of a shooting point guard and not so much a, you know, a defensive stopper point guard or a CP3 playmaking point guard, but even still, veteran star point guard, generally speaking, is that the the player, the type of player that every NBA front office is going to go out there this summer, this summer, in about a week, and try to bring to their club because they saw how important Holiday and Paul were to their respective teams? Will it make things more difficult for the Bulls? Will it inspire Arturis and Eversley to spend bigger than they had originally been thinking or planning before watching these postseason games unfold the way they did? I don't know. I'm just speculating on clearly Holiday and CP3 play big roles. The Bulls are a team that is in the market for a point guard this offseason. It's mostly what we've been talking about for the last several weeks. We talked Lonzo. We talked Dinwiddie. We talked DeJounte Murray. We talked Dennis Schroeder. We talked all of these names. We even talked a little bit of Dame. Because we know that the Bulls are in the market for a point guard. Did what we see in the NBA Finals have an impact and will it have an impact on what that answer is when we find out welcome new bulls point guard blank fill in the name will holiday and paul's performances in these playoffs and the finals change that 
will it make it harder for the Bulls because the competition is stiffer and more teams are out there looking for that game-changing, difference-making veteran guard? Will it, will it uh, you know, shy the Bulls away from getting into those super competitive, super pricey, big-named veteran point guards and push them more towards settling for somebody younger, somebody who hasn't proven it as much yet, and somebody who comes at a cheaper cost? Can't wait to find out. And I'm really curious if we will ever get a question like that. And, and I hope that somebody does. The next time the, the Bulls beat writers and reporters are talking to AK and Eversley after free agency and we we figured out what they did, the moves they made, the point guard that arrived, I want somebody to ask, did watching Holiday and Paul in the finals alter your mindset at all about how far you were willing to go and how much you were willing to spend to bring in the guy you wanted? Because... You cannot question that CP3 was worth it for Phoenix and Holiday was worth it for Milwaukee. Will the Bulls find that guy who's going to make it worth it for them to get to that next step of competitive playoff basketball? So that's that's what was on my mind. Um, uh, whatever's on your mind, if you have any thoughts on that, um, did, did watching these NBA Finals change your opinion at all, wherever you were, on who you were looking at, who you wanted the Bulls to bring in as a point guard in free agency or in sign-and-trade or a trade-trade. Did these NBA playoffs and these finals in particular change your mind about that in either way? I'm curious. So hit us up on that text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369 is that number. Always there for you. And uh, we'll get into some more mailbag uh, and y'all's reactions to these NBA finals uh, next week. And Sunday. While we're uh, off during the weekend, don't forget. I think it's going to be in the middle of the night or like at the crack of dawn, depending on where you live in the U.S. or or otherwise. USA-France, first Olympic game. Let's hope Zach is in that starting lineup. That's it for today. That's it for the week. Uh, thanks, y'all, for listening. Um, really appreciate y'all tuning in during this kind of dark part of the Bulls offseason. But... Once we get past the NBA draft, and we'll see if the Bulls just, you know, take their second round, second rounder, and move on. Free agency is right around the corner. This big question: What are the Bulls going to do? Who are they going to sign? Who are they going after? We are getting closer and closer to finding out that answer. Um, so, so Bulls news is going to get a lot more interesting in a very short amount of time. But um, like always, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, thanks to today's sponsors, both Bet Online and Built Bar. Go get yourself uh, some great, delicious protein bars. Go sign up for a Bet Online account and uh, and put some wagers on, and uh, and enjoy your weekend. Stay safe, stay happy. We will be back next week with a fresh dose of episodes. Big days on vacation. He went out to Cali, um, so I'm gonna try and bring in uh, a variety of different guests next week uh, to keep y'all entertained. Because I know you don't just want to listen to me hammering on, and I and I don't blame you for that. Because neither do I. <laughs> Uh, so for my partner, Big Dave, who's on vacay, uh, and for our sponsors, Matt, saying thanks as always for listening. Locked on Bulls Nation. Appreciate y'all. See Red. Be good. Peace out. Anything about that seem unusual to you? You pay attention? <laughs>